Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> my name is Aliza Kelly, and welcome to my new podcast, Stars Like Us. You are currently listening to the first episode, and I'm really, really excited to share this with you. Stars Like Us is an extension of my work and the way that I think about astrology and life and how this all ties into each other. So as a brief overview of many of the topics that we're going to be talking about, I wanted to give you an introduction to what this podcast will offer. We're going to talk about, obviously, astrology, esotericism, magic, that's magic with a K, witchcraft, occultism, haunted houses, mediumship, seances, crystals, uh, dream analysis, all the good stuff. And then, of course, we're also going to talk about sex and love and money and entrepreneurship and pop culture and celebrity gossip. It's all going to be here. And you may be wondering how celebrity gossip and witchcraft and astrology and dream analysis all tie into each other. But that is actually one of my favorite aspects of astrology. No pun intended. It's how relevant it all is and how much it influences and explains both our day-to-day experiences, which is the micro, as well as the macro, our collective journeys. Astrology is built on a hermetic axiom, as above, so below, as within, so without. By looking at the stars and exploring their mythical symbolism, we can see how everything in our life exists on both a micro and macro level. One of the main misconceptions about astrology is that it's fortune-telling. I have no problem with fortune-tellers, and though they may use astrology within their own practices, studying the stars and what I do is a bit different. I use astrology to tell stories, understand cycles, and examine patterns as they continue to orbit our lives. And sure, we use astrology to consider the future. I do this all the time. But the only way I can even predict the future is by understanding the past. Everything that will happen to us already happened to us. And we use our birth charts to figure out exactly where these moments exist within our own cosmic fingerprints. We inherit these experiences from our parents, from their parents, and from their parents before that. These are generational gifts. We decide whether we want to continue these certain cycles or if we want to create new ones or change the course. But in order to take agency over our own journeys, we must look at patterns. It's all about the patterns. Julie Beck wrote an amazing article in The Atlantic. It was entitled, Imagining the Future is Just Another Form of Memory. In this piece, she discusses how future visioning is really just memory recall. Here's an excerpt from it. Quote, Functional MRI scans have allowed researchers to determine that many of the same brain structures are indeed involved in both remembering and forecasting. They found that activity in many of these regions was almost completely overlapping when people remembered and imagined future events. So this is true on a scientific level. Past and future are inextricably linked. But this is also true within the astral, on the spiritual, abstract, non-linear plane that we work on in astrology. We move through the world knowing and not knowing. 
And astrology helps clarify why we move at our particular rhythms, why we experience certain vibrations, why we perceive the world in a certain way, and in turn, why the world treats us accordingly. It's important to remember now that this is not about destiny. Destiny implies that we are fated to live a certain existence and that if we go against this natural order, whatever that may be, we'll fail. Author and Scorpio, Deepak Chopra, has an amazing, excellent quote on this, which I think about quite often. It reads, quote, If you obsess over whether you are making the right decision, you are basically assuming that the universe will reward you for one thing and punish you for another. The universe has no fixed agenda. Once you make any decision, it works around that decision. There is no right or wrong. Only a series of possibilities that shift with each thought, feeling, and action you experience. This message reminds us that destiny is ultimately whatever we want it to be. Are you destined to live a life on the stage performing original musical songs for thousands of people? Are you destined to save lives by founding a charitable organization that attends to the cause that you care about most? Are you destined to find an incredible job that provides stability, structure, benefits? Ultimately, you decide. And likewise, your natal chart is going to work for you, not against you. Certainly, within astrology, the signs and planets and houses All of these many components are associated with particular mythologies and narratives. Cancer is a water sign, for instance. It's connected to the home. Saturn is a cold outer planet linked to rules and responsibilities and restriction. The fifth house is where we perform and play and fall in love. We don't usually think of Cancer as being spontaneous. We don't usually think of Saturn as being silly. And we don't usually think of the fifth house as where hardship happens. These associations have existed for hundreds and if not thousands of years in some cases, but we have to remember that they're not rigid. Our relationship with these astrological energies evolves over time. We use astrology differently than we did in the past, which allows us to be receptive to new ways of interpreting these astrological associations. They can represent things in various conditions that aren't always defined within a book or a meme, or something that you read online. These are experiential journeys, right? Astrology is a living and breathing tool. I recommend that you take a look at an astrology book from, I don't know, 500 years ago. We see that astrology is really different now than it used to be. Today, we think of astrology as very much linked to character profiles and behaviors, but really that only began in the mid-20th century during advances in psychology. When we look at how astrology was used in the past in these extremely fatalistic ways, we realize that astrology is ever-changing. It accommodates and adapts to the times. It changes its vernacular based on society. We're not using astrology to predict how many crops we're going to yield. And we also aren't using astrology to say, I am doomed to not have love. That is not what this is about. In the same way that when astrology became popular again in the 1960s and 70s, it adopted this 
vernacular of the time, right, this groovy and hippie and new age language, we don't need to use that anymore because astrology is ever-changing. So the first thing, the first really important point that I want to make here in this podcast is the fact that we cannot become too rigid in our understanding of the stars. This leads me to another point which I believe anchors us here today. Astrology is storytelling. Astrology provides a robust vocabulary that enables us to look at the world four-dimensionally. So what is four-dimensional thinking? The fourth dimension is when we actually start to contextualize. The fourth dimension provides the information. It provides the knowingness. It's knowing that context informs everything and nothing exists within a silo. Everything is relative to its surroundings, to the past, to the present, and to the future of its existence. And in that way, storytelling through astrology allows us to understand the context of everything we experience three-dimensionally within the world. So in my first episode of Stars Like Us, in this episode, I spoke with an amazing astrologer whose name is Albie, but you may know him as Gnarly Astrology. In our conversation, we talk about everything from the stars to social media and esotericism and how he got started in building his own social media empire. Alvi and I are also both Leo suns with Pisces moons, so we connect on both the solar and lunar level, which you'll hear. <laughs> I also really enjoyed speaking with him, though, because his perspective really reflects this idea of future astrological insight. We all know that astrology is right now having a major resurgence, which is awesome, very cool. And social media is a fun and meaningful way that that is spreading and becoming more ubiquitous. And interestingly, in an unexpected twist, the memes that we're creating are actually helping bind us to the past. This new vernacular is connecting us to our parents' generation and their parents' generation and all the way back to the Babylonians, the people who first started stargazing. It's amazing that we're watching this move through time. This new vernacular is helping us to continue to analyze and understand this rich astrological tradition from a completely new perspective. There are new voices in the practice, and we need to pay attention to them because this is ultimately the future of astrology. This is what we're going to look back on 30, 40 years from now and say, this was a moment that happened. These were new discoveries that were made, and they were made by way of these memes. And it sounds silly now, but it really is important. It matters. And just like the universe is ever expanding, as is our ability to understand the dimensionality of this practice. The stars are just like us, and today we totally stan. <laughs> so here is my interview with Albie, Gnarly Astrology. Enjoy. So on today's episode of Stars Like Us, I am here with Albie, who is a fellow Leo an astrologer, the absolute worst. <laughs> <laughs> and he is also the secret weapon behind gnarly astrology gnarly and also skinny astrology, right? Yeah, that's kind of my sub brand. Ooh. So. Thank you so much for being here. 
So we have so many exciting things to talk about. Um, I have so many questions for you. I'm so intrigued by you. Um, we connected not that long ago on Instagram, as right. people do these days. Um, I went into a black hole of your content, and what really like stood out to me is the fact that you really fucking know your shit. And in a world of so many Twitter astrologers and Instagram astrologers, and astrologers really should be like in big-ass quotes because oftentimes a lot of these people are just regurgitating things that they have seen on the internet and it's become a game of telephone where there's really no accuracy or truth or wisdom behind it um, but your work was accurate and intelligent and clever and then also come to find out that we have some of the same teachers which mm -hmm. is really cool and also like duh of course your work resonates with me right. <laughs> <laughs> what got you interested in astrology what is your journey into into the stars Ooh. I want to say, well, growing up, like, my my mom was, like, very, like, esoteric and, like, spiritual and very spooky. So she always draw me into, like, learning about mythology. Well, I was always into, like, esoteric and, like, myths and stuff growing up. But it wasn't until high school I had to do, like, a project because I didn't go to, like, a normal high school. I went to a high school in New York City, middle college high school. Shout out to everybody who probably doesn't know me anymore it was, <laughs> because it was like a really small no one who remembers that's okay <laughs> and like uh, my English teacher we were doing a paper on Shakespeare we were studying Shakespeare and we never had to take standardized tests so we never had like a specialized like we never had like a classroom that was like you know set to you know take us on these like special tests that we had to take in the end of the year we could just they make their courses based on whatever they wanted to teach. And we had one on Shakespeare. And on our final, like, project, he made us, like, do papers on, like, numerology in Shakespeare or, like, the myths on Shakespeare's, the symbolisms of Shakespeare in, like, their plays or whatever. And I did mine on numerology. And I did that because he said that nobody else did that. And it was very challenging. So I'm like, let me take that challenge. And then from there, I went to, like, a black hole of, like, numerology and astrology and, like, all these other things of the subculture. But even though I say that's, like, my main point, I feel like it was just all a combination of, like, many different things that led me to it. What did studying and learning about this look like for you? I was really born in college, and I, like, I just spent my time just, like, looking at my chart and I was like oh Leo Sun Pisces Moon and I was just looking up at like fun things and fun memes or like fun little like quotes or whatever and it wasn't until I started speaking to my friend who he's like 30 like 43 years old he was my English teacher this is the same teacher who encouraged you to do the Shakespeare oh, different, project? Different teacher, but like... Sounds like you went to a fucking cool high school. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're still friends. He's actually an Aries Sun, Pisces Moon, Gemini Rising. So we share a lot of the same, like, similar placements. Ooh. So I resonate a lot with him. That's a very smart chart. Cool. And then you now run, I would say, two. You probably have even more secret astrology accounts that oh. I don't even know about. <laughs> but I'm familiar with two of your accounts that are really popular 
I saw uh, that Bella Hadid, the model, the wow. Libra, <laughs> is following you. So how did that come about? I don't know when she started following me. I don't know who follows me, to be honest with you. So how did this all happen? How did that all happen? Yeah, how did, how did you amass such an incredible following? Um, I think it all started... I started on Twitter, to be honest. And on Twitter, I don't know, I had more dry, more, like, extreme knowledge to share with people. So I made threads on, like, what does your moon sign mean? Like, oh, look at these funny memes that you could resonate. And, like, I had my friend, shout out to Jan Michael, he's a Capricorn. And he told me, because I would make, like, these niche memes like oh you have a seven house you have a seven house venus so you're always desperately looking for other people but he told me like not a lot of people are gonna get that so make it simple don't make it complicated don't include others like moon signs and you're gonna reach like a mass amount of followers so that's what i did so what do you mean don't include others moon signs no because he told me because i would make like very niche memes like oh if you're moon squares venus you're very you know very complicated in love in the sense of like you're not a natural there's always a tension with your love and your emotions and i would make like these very niche memes that only like real astrologers would get and he told me not a lot of people are going to get that so make it less complicated more simple easy for everyone to grasp and you'll get the following but at the same time, I feel like there are so many accounts out there that make clever things. And for, I mean, maybe it's your magical mm-hmm. Pisces moon. Maybe it's your Neptune, wherever that may be. Right. Um, but f- your account has blown up. Uh, yeah, that was, I don't know how that happened, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Well, I'm really glad that you manifested that because I'm super happy to be connected with you. Right. I think that there's something really special about being able to figure out your own relationships with these placements from looking at enough charts to be able to be like, that's a fucking pattern. You know, I've seen this now 15 times come up. There has to be something to this. Yeah, I feel like, well, from what I've seen, I always look into Chiron, the North Nodes, and the angular placements, their rulers, and also like the sun and the moon. Because that's where you can like see like all the trauma in it. But mostly I like to tell people about their sun and moon. Because I could tell people about like their like trauma with their parents. Like for example, sun that represents your father. Like if it's aspected by Uranus, that means your father wasn't around. Or they were just unstable as hell. Or, like, our Pisces moon, that means our mother was, like, into escapism, or, like, they were very spiritual, or, like, you inherit something from them. And I think from looking at a chart, there is a sort of, like, past life aspect to it, but it's not, like, a past life as in you were Cleopatra in the whatever age she was wait in. do you know that i say the exact same i'm like having a f- moment right now because i use that exact same example when i talk about this almost verbatim when i talk about the north and south nodes i say it's a past life thing but not like you as cleopatra right, right. i literally say oh, the really? exact same line and i'm bugging <laughs> right now because we're we, holy moly no but it's like it's generational trauma it's like 
the trauma is the gifts that you inherit from your parents. And, like, that's a real thing that you see in the chart. Absolutely. Like, if you see a good second house, eighth house, like, aspected, it just shows, like, you inherited, like, so many, like, riches from your parents or something. Or, like, traumas from your parents. And trauma from your parents. And you have to overcome that. And, like, it's just so fascinating to see and, like, explain that to people. Because they're just so mesmerized. And also, like, very, like, exploitive, which is why I didn't really share my chart. And I still don't really share my chart with people, even though my teacher, shout out at um, Anne Ortley's, she said not to be afraid of your chart because that just shows who you are. But, like, it's very also explosive to, like, the wrong people. Yeah, I have gone back and forth with showing my chart because... I used to be very open about it. Also, mm-hmm. like, I'm proud of my freaky chart. Right, right. Um, but then I had this experience about a year and a half ago where somebody asked to see my chart who was a sort of like a hobbyist astrologer. Mm-hmm. And he was also this dude in his maybe 50s or 60s. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> and he started saying all of this stupid shit like telling me like oh well have you ever thought that maybe not working as much would be good for you and i was like wait fuck off like don't tell me how to live my life and i I had the exact same incident i shared my chart with this guy and he was like also an astrology enthusiast so he didn't use like his stuff or whatever and i showed him my chart and he was like no like we were talking for a little while and then he told me, like, months later, like, oh, I can't date you. You know why? Because you're a Leo sun, so you crave all this attention. You're a Pisces moon, so you're going to be in and out of your emotions, and I can't deal with that. And German, German, a Gemini Venus, so I can, you just won't ever be satisfied. And I was like, dude, fuck off. Like, you don't know me. This is my chart. That might be, like, the negative qualities of it all, but... Astrology is not meant to be, like, caged in. It's not 2D. It's three-dimensional. And it's also shaped by, like, your experience and your growth. And I'm like, you can't freaking judge me based on my chart. Yes. Something I always tell people is, like, you can take a configuration that is, for instance, a Gemini sun with a Sagittarius moon and a Leo rising and come up with the most intellectual, philanthropic, worldly kind person or you can be donald trump which is his configuration that those three placements aren't going to make donald trump donald trump is a byproduct of his experience and his chart and those two things working together and him being a very unwoke fucking person (laughs) like to be able to utilize a chart means that you overcome the obstacles you see your blind spots you look at your past in order to see your future exactly and i think that that's also a misconception of astrology often is that you know like oh does this mean you can predict the future it's like actually it means that i can understand your past Mm -hmm. and i can see what has happened to you before so i can understand what these patterns are ultimately it is up to an individual to reshift those and to say okay 
I have had a pattern where I only date guys who text me you up at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. I'm going to channel that somewhere else. Like, I don't have to be a victim of this consistent thing that keeps happening. Yeah, that's what I find so fascinating about astrology. Because it's not just like you don't just see like your characteristics. But like when I talk to other people like and I read their chart, I see cycles, I see stories, I see something that's like very timeless and it keeps happening again and again and again. But with astrology, you could read these cycles, read these events and like change it and use it to your advantage and grow from it. Right. And we can say to our chart, like, I want to do this. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to be a... I want to work in technology or I want to be a fashion designer or I want to take on my parents' business. And you can make it happen. There's no way that those things couldn't come into fruition if that's what you want. But astrology helps you figure out the right way to get there. Oh, I have a question for you. Do you think our charts show like a blueprint? Of like what we're capable of, I or do. like a soul contract. I do. I don't. I wouldn't. I've never used the term soul contract. What right. do you mean by that? Like, there's some things you're capable of, like exceeding at. Well, I think that honesty is one of the most important aspects of mm-hmm. astrology. No pun intended, um, and is one of the hardest things for people right. to actually accept. No, that's one of my, like, hardest things to say because sometimes I read a chart and I'm just like, I don't think you're destined to, like, become a world-renowned lawyer. But, like, how do I say that? Or maybe you are, but you need, like, maybe me to push you into it. Well, I think that, you know, the question becomes, is this what you want to do or is this what you thought you wanted to do? Mm. Is this what your father has told you you wanted to do is this what society the patriarchy the system is this what you feel like you need to do in order to to be seen and if the answer is yes then by all means you know Mm -hmm. let's do it let's figure out the right way for you to explore that but if it's not coming from the right place then it's you're gonna find obstacle after obstacle on the way to get there because it's coming from it's You know, it's I wouldn't say that it's going against what somebody's destiny is. I actually personally am still trying to figure out what I think about destiny and all of this. Yeah, that's how I feel about it, too. So I was just reading like my Chiron is conjunction, like almost like one degree or like a few minutes away from my North Node. And it just told me like your destiny is there but you're always conflicted because of your pain. And I was just like crying. I was like, okay, I get that. See, I wouldn't have interpreted it like that. Mm-hmm. I would have said that your pain is actually what the direction is. Right. Like the more you lean into what your truth is of your own heartache and pain and trauma and all of those buzzwords of our practice, the more that you'll be able to unlock your full potential. Exactly. But that made me realize just in a chart, there's so much potential, like... There's there's so many, like, important placements, but not, like, one is exact to your potential, like, like your, you know, soul destiny. Like, it's all incorporated. Yeah, I, I also think that, like, one chart and one placement is definitely just not enough mm-hmm, to tell a story. Exactly. 
do you do you get like people hitting you up all the time trying to get you to tell you like who am I supposed to be with like can you look at my chart and oh my god all the time I get like maybe 50 messages every day about it I can't reply to them. what are some of your favorite um sinistry compatibility placements <laughs> oh my god all I attract is Scorpios <laughs> and Capricorns and that's my sixth house, which is not sexy at all. I mean, you can like, that's like you're getting cult. down at the laundromat. Exactly. <laughs> that's the people you work with. That's the people you like. That's your coworkers. Well, interesting though. I mean, I find the sixth house to be a fascinating place, not on its own, but in its relation to the twelfth house. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So I do feel like the sixth house is often the manifestation of, of what we can't 12th. access in the twelfth. Exactly. So if sixth house people are approaching you, then it's really like your twelfth house. house. Yeah, yeah. Because I I forgot who it was, but somebody taught me that um, your sixth house is your daily problem, and your twelfth house is your yesterday's problem Ooh. and you can't access your yesterday's problem until you access your 12 your six house problems you know mm-hmm. so you don't really see what your mistakes your trauma your all your flaws are until you deal with it right now and then look back into it so your six house is a you know a gate into your 12th house yes the sixth house is how we access the 12th house exactly because the 12th house is so subconscious and ethereal and abstract that there's no, there's no ladder way. into exactly. it. We need to find a portal into the 12th, exactly. and that is the sixth house. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be a very interesting part of the sixth house. And now that you got me talking about it, now I see why it attracts Scorpios. And yeah, Scorpios, because they're very intense, they're very grounded, they want to build a f- emotional foundation with people. As a Gemini Venus, as a Gemini Rising, as a Pisces Moon, I'm very, like, flip-floppy. Like, I just wanted to be free and, like, you know, I don't want any, like, gates on all of it. And I just... How... Are you a 12th house or a 1st house Venus? I'm a 1st house Venus. Cutie. Is ascending my... Wait, it's conjuncting my ascendant. From the 1st? Yes. I love that. You know that first house Venus is a sign of beauty. Oh. Hottie. <laughs> Actually, uh, one of my dates, he asked, because he knew a little bit of astrology, and he asked me, wow, your Venus conjuncts your ascendant. That must be great on dates. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I can always get to your heart somehow, some way. So charming. <laughs> Do you, are you obsessed with love? Always, always. That's like my only plan is that like conjuncting my ascendant. Like it's one of the most powerful placements in my chart, my Venus. I was also born on a Friday and that's ruled by Venus. I was born on a Friday too. Wait, are you really? Oh my God. (laughs) It's us. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, like Venus is like a very important, like, you know, aspect of my my life you know (laughs) it's just amazing like how a chart just everything just checks out exactly like everything just aligns so perfectly to bring you exactly who you are so i have another question for you uh because i like went off about this the other day uh i was working with a client who is now a student of mine and she was asking me about empty houses and i was like why 
do people keep asking me about empty houses? Like, what is going on where people are so curious as to like what it means? Because right, right. to me, like, there are no empty houses. That's, there is no empty that's houses. not a concept that doesn't mm-hmm. exist. And she directed me to a fucking profile on the Instagram that had like, I don't know, 200,000 followers mm-hmm. talking about how empty houses, like if you have nothing in your fourth house, it means that you didn't have a traumatic home life what and that fuck? your mother was, everything was normal and wow. fine. And like that couldn't be more triggering to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is so horrible. Imagine yeah. like you have a really complicated and tense home life and then you read that and you look and you see that you have nothing in your fourth and you feel so unjustified Mm -hmm. and unsupported the whole reason that astrology is so beautiful is because it helps explain such intense things that have happened to us in our life so what the fuck are people talking about with these empty houses have you seen this have you come across this oh definitely i've come across this especially on twitter not so much on instagram because i feel like I'm kind of like in a closed box when it comes to Instagram because I have like a shitty relationship with technology and social media. But definitely there's like people who just like read like a little quote or whatever and they just think they know everything. But that's not true. Like when it comes to empty houses, there's no such thing as empty houses. Every house has a ruler and the way you look at a chart, if a chart is empty, like a house is empty the house is like the land maybe there's no one living in that land but it has an owner you gotta look at the owner and see what they're going on to see the relationship of that house and then for people who are curious how do you find out who the owner is oh well for sun well you gotta look at the sign and what that sign's ruler is for example if your fourth house is leo the ruler of that house, that land, is the sun. So you gotta look at your sun sign. Let's say it's Leo, and your fourth house is Leo. So that means, like, your home life, it was very big, it was very dramatic. There was a lot of... It was very... The attention was all drawn on you, or maybe the attention was drawn on somebody else, and now you crave that attention. And so we look at the sun and see the relationship of that sun to see what's going on. Right. And let's say second house or no let's bring it to the one that everyone cares the most about the seventh house so let's say i don't have any planets in my seventh house i do i have fucking chiron in my seventh (laughs) house obviously but let's say i don't and my seventh house is ruled by cancer right then the process would be you who rules cancer the moon you go bop over to the Mm -hmm. moon what's the moon doing the moon is in Pisces. So this would make the relationships that rule your seventh house have a Pisces energy and flair to them. Right, right. And then we would also say, okay, what aspects are hitting the moon? So then you can even add more dimensionality and depth to what right, the seventh right. house is doing. Like maybe it's conjunct Saturn and these people are also not only like escapists, but they're also very routinely, they're very, you know, want to bring structure maybe they're a little controlling over you who knows right and maybe mature as well and yes older men, older men. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then on top of that, on top of figuring out who, and I really love that metaphor that you used of who's ruling the land. Um, on top of that, we also have transits. Duh. Exactly. So like everything gets some love at some exactly. point. And then certain planets are going to stay in those houses for so fucking long that like they might as well be there natally. Well, when I set up a date, even though there's a lot of things that might go wrong, I always, always try to have like a nice Venus and Moon aspect. Cause oh, that, that's my favorite. I love Venus and Moon. Yeah, because like a lot of the placement, like it will take forever like to happen. Like a nice Venus, the Venus placement might take a month. Like a nice Venus and Mars placement, which Venus is about love, Mars is about sex and passion. It might take months as well. But with the moon, it's like very quickly. Yep. You got a nice, easy 28 cycle. Exactly. What do you think about Saturn in relationships? Saturn relationships, super important because that's the glue that binds you together. That is, might also be the trauma that binds you together. And that might also be the glue that makes you stay in a relationship longer than you need to be. Yes, absolutely. Saturn has a very hard time letting go. Exactly. Saturn is about, is about like putting your time into it, putting all your karma into it. It's where you is the karmic placement. So, thank you so much for this awesome conversation. Where can we find you? I'm sure we all know where to find you, but uh, definitely. for those who are out of the loop. Okay, you can follow me at Anarly Astrology, G-N-A-R-L-Y Astrology, on Instagram and Twitter, actually. And also, you can follow me on Instagram at albysucks, A-L-B-Y-S-U-X-X. What do I sucks? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But you could DM me about it and I'll tell you. (laughs) Tea! (laughs) Such tea. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, guys.